tonight as we look at our life, do we see that my life has fallen to pieces? As we look at our life day in and day out, this week or last week or over the past year, are we living that life of peace? Or is our life falling to pieces? So here we're going to look at a person tonight. He was living that life of peace. But then his life fell to pieces. So how does it get put back together? Well, we're going to take a look at it. We're looking at a man by the name of Moses. And so we begin in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. We know the story of Moses well. He was a Hebrew child. And uh, the Egyptian people where the Hebrew people lived said, we're going to make a law that all male children have to be killed. And so this lady had a baby named Moses and that uh, she had to hide him so they wouldn't come and kill him and wound up put him in the basket, you know, put him in the water. And Pharaoh's daughter found him and said, I want him as my child. And she rescued him. And uh, once he was weaned, uh, Pharaoh took him in as her own child and raised him up in the palace of Pharaoh. That was Moses. Well, one day, verse 11, chapter 2, verse 11 now, one day after Moses has grown up, he's 40 years old, Moses had four, three different distinct timelines in his life. The first 40 years in the palace of uh, Pharaoh, growing up as an Egyptian citizen, growing up in uh, a palace, growing up in wealth. I mean, he's a Hebrew child, but he's growing up as Pharaoh's grandson, Pharaoh's daughter's son. And so now he's 40 years old, all grown up. And so after Moses grown up, he went out to where his own people were, the Hebrew people, and watch them in their hard labor. Because now there's another Pharaoh that's come along, and so he's determined that, hey, these Hebrew people, they're going to one day rise up, they're going to take over Egypt, and we got to do something about it. So he worked them hard. They were not uh, favored people like they were in Joseph's day. And so uh, Pharaoh came along and said, we're going to work them, we're going to make slave labor out of them. And they had hard labor, and so he came along. Moses went out and saw his people and just watched them in this hard labor. And so he felt something for him. He said, you know, something's not right here. These are my people, my Hebrew people. Something needs to be done. So he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So he's raised up Egyptian, but he's Hebrew in his life, in his culture, and who he is. And he saw this Egyptian man beating one of his Hebrew brothers. And he said, i got to do something. So glancing this way and that and seeing no one he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Moses murdered a man. I mean, there's no other way around it, no other way to look at it. It wasn't uh, an accident. It wasn't, uh, oh, he tripped on, a, uh, on my leg and he fell and hit his head on a rock and he died. It wasn't. He killed him. He murdered this man because he's beating one of his own people, an Egyptian, uh, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew person. And he said, I've got to do something. I need to rise up, deliver my people and do something. Well, he killed him. Then he covered it up, <laughs> emotionally and physically. He buried him in the sand. He hit the guy and uh, let the Hebrew man live and go and do. Well, the next day, after he had murdered this man, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting, two Hebrews fighting this time. Not an Egyptian fighting a Hebrew, but two Hebrew men. They were fighting. Uh, something had happened. And so he asked the one in the wrong, the one that was doing the wrong thing, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? You're, you're two Hebrew people. You shouldn't be fighting. You know, if an Egyptian and a Hebrew fight, that's one thing. But two Hebrew men, they should, you shouldn't be fighting. Well, the man said that he was accusing of this and confronting about this. He said, who made you ruler and ju judge over us? It's almost like sometimes we 
say, who made you God or something like that? And so he said, who made you ruler and judge over us? You're not our judge. You're not our ruler. You don't tell us what to do. What do you, who do you think you are? Are you thinking of killing me like you killed the Egyptian? And then it hit him. Oh, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I looked around before I killed that man yesterday. I mean, this is the very next day. I looked around before I killed that Egyptian yesterday. I didn't see anybody looking. And I murdered him. And then I hit him in the sand. But wait a minute, there was the witness to it, wasn't it? Because the Egyptian was beating a Hebrew person. So do you think that Hebrew man that got uh, survived the, the incident that Moses killed his uh, beater, <laughs> do you think he's going to keep silent about it? Isn't he going to go and tell other men, hey, y'all should have been there yesterday. I was getting beat up by this Egyptian slave driver and uh, I was fixing to probably die if somebody hadn't rescued me. Along came Moses and killed the guy and then buried him. And I'm living to tell about it. And I want to let you know about it. So he probably told his wife, of course, told his children, told his friends. Well, it's kind of like today, you know, word spreads. Uh, and of all things, they didn't have Facebook back then. <laughs> hadn't been invented yet because they didn't have iPhones. They didn't even have computers or Internet. And they didn't have Twitter, nothing like that. And yet the word spread because here's somebody else that didn't know anything about what was going on and said, are you thinking about killing me like kill the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. I mean, the guy that I rescued must have told other people because it's just me and him there after I killed the guy. How did they know? Well, his dilemma gets worse. I mean, his life's falling to pieces quickly here. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. You know, you're a Hebrew person, you're subject to me, you do what I tell you to do, and now you kill one of my fellow Egyptians, I'm going to kill you, Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh, went to live in Midian, a place outside of Egypt where he sat down by a well. His life is falling to pieces further and further. Well, now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came, these seven daughters came to draw water at the well where he's sitting, and to fill the troughs to water their father's flock. So they got some sheep, and they come to water them and get some water. Some shepherds came along and drove them away. So they're trying to get water for their sheep, these seven ladies, trying to get water for their sheep. Here come some other shepherds up, and they run these girls off. Y'all get out of here. This, we're going to take over this place. But Moses got up and came to the rescue, and he watered their flock. So already Moses is a deliverer kind of person. He's the one who comes alongside and says, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to handle this. You're in trouble. I'll help you out. Just like the Hebrew person that he murdered the Egyptian for. And now he's saving these seven girls of their problems. And so he's a rescuer, you know. And you know people who rescue people, you know, or try to. You know, I'll fix you. I'll fix that. I'll take care of that problem. I'll work that out. Well, that was Moses. I'll fix all of these things. I'll fix all these people. I'll take care of all these situations. Don't worry about it. Moses has got it. Well, what Moses didn't fully understand yet is that he's, his life's falling to pieces here. He's getting further and further and down the hill. Well, so he helped the girls out, ran these shepherds off, got water for their flock. So when the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, girls, why have you returned so early today? You threw feet in their flock? I mean, watering our flock? And they answered, Dad, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. Now, he wasn't an Egyptian, 
But he certainly appeared to be one because of his dress, because of what he's wearing. I mean, that's all he'd ever worn was Egyptian clothing. And so he fled so quickly, that's all he had with him was Egyptian clothing. So they thought he was probably an Egyptian. An Egyptian rescued us. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And so where is he? He asked his daughters, you know, what are you doing? He rescued you and watered your flock for you and helped you out and ran these shepherds off. Why didn't you invite him home for supper? You know, what's your problem, girls? Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Go get him, tell him to come on and eat. Well, Moses agreed to stay with a man. He gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. So this whole thing worked out good for him after all. Uh, found him a wife, uh, you know, doing good. So maybe his life not falling to pieces quite as much as it seemed to at first. Or was it? Well, Zipporah gave birth to a son. And Moses named him Gershom saying, meaning the word meant, I have become an alien in a foreign land. Moses said, my life's not what it used to be. I don't have that peace I used to have. I've murdered a man and I covered it up. I had to run for my life or I'd have been killed myself. I had to do a lot of things for a lot of reasons. And now here I am in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've got a wife. Yeah, I've got a baby now. But you know what? I'm an alien in a foreign land. My life has fallen to pieces. So how did he go from living this life of peace? Pharaoh's grandson, raised in the palace, raised in wealth, raised with culture and everything he could think of and want and imagine. Was that, was that there for him? Was there for him? And now here he's on the middle of nowhere, 40 years old. Yeah, he's married, got a child. His life's fallen to pieces at this point. I mean, he's a wanted man. So what had happened? How, how did his life fall to pieces? So let's look at some things that, as we go back over this. Well, first of all, he failed to deliver his people from the oppression of the Egyptians. As he looked at the hard labor the Hebrew people were going through, he said, something's got to give here. Here's an Egyptian beating up one of my fellow Hebrew people. i got to rescue him. i got to rescue my people. i got to do something. i got to step up and do something. So he did. I'll take care of this. I'll fix this. I'll murder this guy and we'll be all right. Murdered him, covered it up, and somebody found out about it. And so they knew what was going on here, so he didn't deliver anybody. He thought he was going to. He tried to. He thought that was the best plan at the time. I'll rescue my people and we'll get out of this thing. He failed. It didn't happen. He also failed as an Egyptian citizen. That's who he was. He was an Egyptian citizen, raised in Pharaoh's palace. Wealth and everything else he needed for his life to be great and peaceful, he failed. He murdered one of his own fellow citizens, and now he's got problems. He's life falling to pieces, and now he's not welcome in Egypt. Pharaoh heard about it. He said, I'll kill you. I'll get rid of you, Moses. You're not welcome here anymore. Well, now he's a criminal. <laughs> he's a wanted man. Uh, Moses, uh, Pharaoh's going to kill him. And so it didn't just go away just because he left and went to Midian. I mean, if he'd have walked back into Egypt, you know, three weeks later or a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later or even two years later, he's still a wanted man. He's still a criminal. He's still going to have to pay for what he did, and he'd have still been executed as a result of what he had done. And so he's a criminal. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He lived in a foreign land. Uh, he didn't know these people in Midian except his wife and his family, and he didn't know anything about the people, didn't know their culture. He's in a foreign land. He's separated from his family, from his friends, from his home. I mean, everything's totally changed for him. 
And maybe tonight we can relate to Moses in a sense that we were living a life of peace. But sometimes our world gets turned upside down, doesn't it? You know, for so many different reasons. Something in our family. Something in our health. Something in the health of somebody in our family. Something about our job. Something about our uh, school. Something about our culture. Something about whatever has happened. Our life can get turned upside down real quick. And we go from one moment having a life of peace. I'm in good shape. Everything's going good. I've got it all together. To the next moment, my life's just falling to pieces. This happened yesterday. The day before that, that happened. Here goes this and here goes that. Where's it going to end? Our life can fall to pieces quickly, can't it? It did for him and it can for us. So here's where we're headed. Even though Moses had the character, even though he had the character to be a deliverer of his people, I mean, that's who he was. We, we see that when he tried to rescue that Hebrew man getting beat up. I need to fix him. I need to solve it. I need to take care of this. I need to do something about it. When he ran those people off, uh, trying to take care of those, that trying to run those girls off from the water, he tried to deliver there. So he just had that character about helping others and doing for others and, you know, being, being a caretaker and a fixer. And, uh, maybe, you know, people like that, you know, they want to fix everything. They want to fix everybody. They want to take care of all these things going on around them. Y'all, y'all met people like that before? Okay. You know, you met somebody like that? Oh, you am one, huh? Okay. <laughs> Bubba, you have? Okay. And so, uh, you know, you just see people and maybe even know somebody real close to you like that. And uh, Moses, that's who Moses was. But he went about it the wrong way. And his character said, yeah, let's do something, but how do we do it? Because sometimes we want to take it by our hands and say, I'm going to fix it my way. This should work. I think it will. Let me try it this way. And then sometimes we wind up making it a whole lot worse. So even though he had the character to be deliver, deliver his circumstances preventing him from developing this characteristic. Because now he's a wanted man. Well, let's just walk back through it again. Uh, he had already failed to deliver his people from oppression. He killed a man. Failed in a citizen. He was not welcome in Egypt. He's a wanted man. He's a criminal. He lived in a foreign land. He separated from family, friends, and his home. And now all these circumstances that are surrounding him are preventing him from developing this characteristic as a deliverer. How am I going to deliver my people now? If I go back to Egypt and try to deliver my people, I'm going to be killed. (laughs) I'm a wanted man. I'm a criminal. Besides that, who's going to follow me? Who's going to come alongside me? My wife and my baby? (laughs) i got a wife and baby to think about now. Who am I anyway? I've killed a man. I didn't help anybody. I got my own people mad at me too because I was trying to help another man. And so how can I fix anything or anybody with all these circumstances around me that prevent me from doing it? I just think God wants me to do something here, but you know my situation. How can that happen? Only... An amazing supernatural act of the Lord can make Moses the one God needed him to be. And so it is with you and I. We may say, I've got the characteristic to do a lot of things for God. I've got this attitude of being able to fix and to help 
and to rescue and to do all these things for the Lord. But my circumstances won't allow me because of things I brought on myself or things that were done to me or things that I've done. So how can I do what God wants me to do when all this stuff going on, on around me is like it is? The only thing that's going to make a difference is God. God has to do a work in our life just like he had to do a work in the life of Moses. Because from this point on, when he left Egypt, he would stay in Midian tending sheep for the next 40 years. Not 40 days, not 40 months, but 40 years. It would take that long for God to do a work in his life to get him ready to do what God wanted him to do that he could have done in the first place had he not taken matters into his own hands. That's right, Patricia. And so we do that so many times. I'm going to handle this right here, and I'm going to take care of this situation. Or I just saw it sitting up here a while ago. I left my hatchet here this morning. <laughs> I got home. I was going to be. I was going to start throwing it, you know, and trying to stick it in the wall and everything. And uh, I couldn't find my hatchet. I said, "Where is it? Oh, I left it at church. Okay." And so I was going to practice and really try to work on it tonight. This afternoon, I'd come this tonight and just try to stick it in the wall or something. But uh, not really. <laughs> but. Uh, Sometimes we, don't we want to take matters in our own hands. I can fix this. I can handle this. You better watch out. You don't know who you're messing with. And, and we want to do that. We want to handle it our way, our time, our thoughts. And we mess it up, don't we? And we say, but I've, I've got the right mindset to fix this and handle this and do this and you know, make things better for this situation but I'm just going about it the wrong way. How, how can I fix or solve or resolve or, or take care of this situation? Oh, wait a minute. God's way. Let me take my hands off of it and let God put His hands on it, on it and then ask Him to use me any way He wants to or not at all and let Him fix it and let Him solve it and let Him resolve it. And if he wants to use me in the middle of all that, God, show me what to do, your will, your way, and I'll just walk that way and do what you want me to do. And I'll just lay it down at your feet like that. And I won't try to handle it. I won't try to fix it. I won't try to do it my way. Because see, all we wind up doing is the same thing Moses did. We begin living a life of peace, or we have that life of peace. Everything's going good in our life. But then one day it begins to fall to pieces. Whose fault was it? <laughs> It was all Moses' fault that his life, life fell to pieces. Oh, he had good intentions, had good thoughts, had a good character. He meant well by what he was doing, but it all just blew up in his face because of the way he tried to handle it. I'll fix this situation. <laughs> I'll take care of my people. I'll see that they get set free. I'll, you know, same thing we do so many times. Only a supernatural act of God can make Moses the one God needed him to be. Forty years go by, tending sheep, backside of nowhere, a nothing and a nobody. But what is he doing in those 40 years? Becoming more of what God wanted him to be. And then one day, as he's tending sheep, he sees a bush that's on fire. And he said, that's strange. 
Every time I've seen a bush on fire, it burns up. That bush isn't burning up. It's just burning, but it's not being consumed. I'm going to go check this out. And he walks over to that bush and just begins to look at it and says, this is odd. And God began to speak to him, Moses, <laughs> Moses. And he went up having to take his sandals off because God said, you're standing on holy ground, Moses. And he began to realize, I get it now, God. <laughs> you're ready to use me, aren't you? To do something special for you. To do what I set out to do 40 years earlier that I messed up because I tried to do it my way. I'm going to handle this thing. I'm going to take care of this. And God says, now that you've spent 40 years in my laboratory <laughs> learning to do how I want you to do things, you're ready now, Moses. Let's go. And Moses said, let's go. Oh, he had to argue with him a little bit. And, and I did the same thing. Argued with God two years. God said, I want you in the ministry. I said, I don't want to go. And he said, I'm telling you, I want you in the ministry. I said, I'm telling you, God, I'm not going. <laughs> and so finally, God, you know how you get somebody's arm behind them and, and pull it up? Okay, I give, you know. And Moses did the same thing. But we have to do the same thing too because we just try to handle it our way, our time. And God says, I've got to do a supernatural act in your life so that you can be who I need you to be. So when I call you to come and do something I want you to do, you'll be ready. Are you ready tonight for God to do something in your life that He just wants you to do, not somebody else, not, not say somebody ought to do something about that. God says, yeah, you're the somebody. Are you the somebody tonight that God wants to use in, your, in His kingdom to do His work but are you prepared? Has He done that supernatural act in your life to change you and to mold you and to shape you into the image of Christ that He wants you to do something just for Him that only you can do? Are you ready for that tonight?